0: Welcome to Real Estate Business Explained. On this show, we share insights on what it really looks like to run a real estate business from the inside, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm Sean, and as a top agent, coach, and trainer, I've seen it all, and I wanna share what I've learned with you. So, whether you're just getting started or you've already got a lot going on and you're just looking for something new, I'm confident there's gonna be something here for you. Let's get into it. Hey, I'm Sean. Welcome to today's episode, episode 43. We are talking about my interview process today. I'm really excited for this one. Here's, here's the deal. Once you get to the point that you're good at sales, and you want to actually start building a business, you need to move into leadership. And learning how to choose who you put on your team is one of the most important skills you're going to need to learn, okay? It's not, if you put the right people on your team, you don't have to hold them accountable. You don't have to try to conjure up their motivation. They're motivated. They're smart. They want to fix things. They're on the same vision and journey as you. It's so cool when you get the right people around you. Okay. So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you through my interview process for key hires. So if I'm hiring someone that's going to be a, a, a significant determiner for my business, someone who is going to help me shape the path, the direction and fix stuff and 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 lead what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend a lot of time with them to make sure that I've got the best possible person for the role, okay? I follow a five-step process when I'm hiring. I start with a screening call. I move on to a personality assessment. After that, I'm doing a career story and thought process interview. I'm gonna get get to really know the person. After that, I'm conducting references. And then finally, I'm gonna move on to motivation and expectations, to get an idea of how to help them motivate and and push themselves. And we're gonna set extremely clear expectations. Today, we're going to go through all these steps in detail. But here's the deal. A lot of you are probably thinking, and I think I've said this a couple times in this, in this whole series that I've been running on how to hire and, and build a team. A lot of you are probably thinking I'm crazy. Like this is, again, Sean, you're way overdoing it. I'm not. You got to trust me here. Okay. We've spent a whole bunch of time up till now getting prepared. We understand the role. We've got a whole bunch of candidates. I've talked a little bit about ways to screen them out. This is one of the most important moments, okay? And if you do it right, you're probably spending between five and seven hours on every person that you hire. And again, you're betting hundreds of thousands of dollars on this person. I know maybe your salary is only 40 grand or it's a part-time person or whatever, but here's the thing, even at a lower rate, they have the potential to help you make extra hundreds of thousands or lose hundreds of thousands because you look goofy with the wrong person fulfilling your promises to your client. So this is not a small decision. And also you're going to spend a ton of time with these people, like thousands of hours, ideally, maybe as much as 10,000 hours or more with this person. So it's not too much time. And if you get it right, they can completely change your world. Okay. Here's the one thing that I'm going to say is we want to exit people from this process as early as possible if they aren't going to be a fit. Because up till now, everything that we've done has been one to many, been creating things that we can use again and again and again. Right. We created the job profile. We use that over and over and over again. I've, I've been using mine for almost two years now. That's awesome. I don't need to rebuild it anytime soon. And um, this part here is we, where we shift to being one on one. So we want to be really guarded with how we use our time. Because if this isn't, um, isn't going to be a fit, I don't want to spend six or seven hours with you. I want to spend 15 minutes and try to figure it out as quick as I can. I want to get the personality assessment, sit down and use it as a coaching moment to help you understand that this isn't the role for you. And maybe there's something else out there that would be a better opportunity. I, I want to help them and myself save as much time And then get on the right path, whether it's, you know, together or separate. Um, this is really important. Okay. And then finally, who do we do this with? So I mentioned earlier, this is something that I do with key hires. If I'm hiring my first agent on my team, like the first salesperson to come in or my first administrator, I'm going to do every step in this process. Me personally, if I've already got eight or 10 agents on my team, when I'm running a team like that, um, I'm probably not going to spend 10 hours to add the 11th buyer agent. I'm probably going to give them a test period. I'm going to say, come spend two, three weeks with the team. We're going to see how you show up. We're going to make sure you actually show up for two weeks because you're a contractor. You're not under on any obligation. A lot of agents just stop showing up a couple of weeks in. And I don't want to waste time on them until I see that they can actually pick up the phone and make a call and, and do the basics, right? So I'll have them come and spend a couple of weeks in my bullpen with my agents. I'll get a read from the agents what they think of them and if the agents like them i see them showing up then i'm going to spend the time with them but i will go through this process okay so let's come back to it okay five steps my hiring process for a key hire in my business i'm going to do a screening call i'm going to do a personality assessment i'm going to run through a career story and thought process interview this is the longest part it's usually about 90 minutes then i'm going to do references and then i'm going to actually do the hiring conversation, which is where I go through their motivation. And I set really, really clear expectations. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to dig in on each of these in detail. And we're going to start with the screening call. This is something that I do on a, on the phone or on Zoom. So the screening call is usually going to be 15 to 30 minutes long. And I use something called WEI, W-E-I-G-H, stands for Work, Education, Interests, Goals, and Habits. Really, this is just a a conversational format. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use it kind of like Ford, right? We all know Ford stands for family, occupation, recreation, dreams. It's just a conversational format where you can kind of use those four areas to learn about someone's life and what their interests are and what's important to them. Way is the equivalent for hiring. And I just love it because it's super simple. So I'm going to learn as much as I can in about 15 to 30 minutes about what's important to them. Okay. So work, I'm going to start there. I'm going to say, Hey, you know, give me the three minute flyby of your career. Where, where have you been? What have you done? Usually they take a little bit longer to get through it, but it's nice because it gives me an idea of their trajectory. If someone's been doing the same role for 20 years, that's probably not someone I want on my team. I don't want stagnant. I want growth trajectory. Okay. So I'm going to look at that. I'm going to ask them about their education. You know, what, what did you do? Is there post secondary? Is there, is there not? What other things have you done? I'm not just looking at academia. I'm also looking at courses and stuff like that. Like I've spent years and years and years learning and I didn't go to university. And I like to think that I'm pretty darn good at the things that I find fascinating. And um, and those aren't things that they teach in school. So here's the deal. I'm going to ask them about education, but I'm going to be sure to look around that corner as well. Interests. So work, education, interests. I want to know what they do. Like if you had uh, an, an afternoon on a Saturday with nothing else planned, and you could spend it doing anything you wanted. What would that be? Would you go snowboarding? Would you read a book? Do you have a hobby? Like, walk me through it. This is where you really get to see how someone's brain works. I often like to say that I prefer to read resumes from the bottom up, right? Like, I'll, I'll start by really looking at, like, what that person does in addition to their work and education. So, did they, are they, are they a member of a club? Do they have a hobby? Do they do something philanthropic, right? I want to know this stuff. And then goals. So work, education, interests, goals. Goals are your your personal trajectory. Like, where do you want to be? If we work together, where do you want to be in a year? Who do you want to grow to be in three years and five years? Where Where are you going financially? Like, what what does that look like? I want to make sure that the role I'm looking at putting them in is going to be able to get them where they want to go. So I'm going to look really closely at that. And if I don't think that it's going to give them what they need, I don't want to waste six months trying to wring some value out of someone if the opportunity they're looking for is is different from mine. Maybe I could look at a way to make the opportunity that I have a stepping stone to get them what they want in the long run. Uh, or sometimes you just got to be real with people, Right. Sometimes you, you talk to a new agent and they say, "I want to do250,000 dollars of personal income, You say, "Well, that's an, that's an amazing goal." Like I know what I think you'd need to do in terms of hard work to make that happen. Tell me what you think you need to do." And their expectations are like not even on the same screen. So sometimes you learn that the person doesn't really understand what needs to happen for them to get what they want. And you can help them balance that or invite them to go find their opportunity somewhere else. Work, education, interests, goals, and habits. The fifth one's habits. So I want to know how a typical day looks. Like tell, me, tell me about your day. What, if, if it's a work day, what time do you get up? Do you exercise before you work? Do you, have, like, do, you do a big breakfast? Are you, are, are you coffee or tea? Walk me through what that looks like. It gives you a really nice glimpse into how someone cares for themselves. And here's the deal. You've probably heard me say this before. Like, if you don't take good care of yourself, you're never gonna show up at your fullest potential in everything else that you do. Because guess what? If you don't have the energy to perform at your highest, if you're not feeling your best, if you're not as sharp as you possibly could be, there's no way that you're gonna be able to push through and and do the things that I'm probably looking for someone to bring to the table. Okay. So um, another great example would be like, Hey, what do you walk me through a typical day off? Right? Tell what do you do for your personal health? Like, how do you maintain your energy? What what do you do that's important to you to, to, to feed your soul? Right? What, what are things like that you just enjoy making time for every day? Like me, I love cooking dinner. So I'll, I'll find half an hour, even if I'm not doing anything big, just to prepare a little bit, because it's a nice kind of uh, digital sunset for me. It's usually the time when I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm not coming back to my desk. I'm not working on anything else. It helps me separate. So what, what, what do you have? That's like that. Okay. This is going to be a lot to try to fit into 15 to 30 minutes. So the best way to do this is book people in back to back and then tell them at the beginning of the call, Hey, you know, I've booked you for 20 minutes. I want to respect your time. And I also have someone right after you. So I'm going to, I'm going to need to keep this right to 20 minutes. I'd love to get to know you more on a different call, but if it's okay with you, let's jump right into this and and we can come back and get to know each other more along the interview process. But today's just a quick intro. Does that sound fair to you? Okay. Next step is a personality assessment. Okay. This is really cool. And I, a lot of people are like, oh, this is weird. I don't want a computer to tell me who I am, but here's the deal. These things really show up accurate and I've done a ton of them on myself. I've done, I've done and validated hundreds with candidates uh, as I've, as I've hired for different roles over the years. And here's the thing, not only are they accurate, like you'll validate it with the person, you'll sit down and you'll, you'll say, Hey, you know, like here's what it says. What do you think? Usually I find that they show up about 90% accurate. Okay. And. And what it does is it kind of, first off, will show you some people aren't meant for this role. And it gives you a really nice conversation to say like, hey, you know what, you, you, you can try this if you want. You, you, you are going to have a hard time though. Because if your personality is that you don't like A, B, C, and this job has A, B, C every day for six hours, what's going to happen is it's, it's likely to drain you. And, you know, over here, we look at this and we see on your personality assessment that you're, you get energy from xyz. Well, here are five jobs where people need to do xyz all day long. What do you think you should do? Okay? So the idea of the personality assessment, I'm going to have them do it in advance and then I'm going to sit down and I'm going to coach them through it. I'm going to start by validating it. So I'm going to say, you know, here's what it said. How accurate would you say that is on a scale of 1 to 10? What would you change? And I'm going to go through the whole thing. I'm going to get them to say yes or no, or like here, that's about a 90. I would change this last sentence. A lot of the time they'll say, that doesn't sound like me. Say, okay, well, you know, what would you rate it? They'll say five out of 10. I'll go, okay, well, what would we change? Let's read it again. And then they read it again. And they're like, damn it, Sean, (laughs) That, that, that is me. Okay. So the goal is to have them confirm it. And if they don't feel like it's accurate, have them tell you how they change it. and then and then get to know them, right? So again, this isn't something that you want to just like, check, 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 check. I I went through the questions. The goal is to use this to cause a conversation. So as I'm going to go through, I'm going to say like, hey, well, that's really interesting because, you know, you mentioned that you don't like conflict and, and it says right here, you're going to avoid conflict. Let me ask you, because this role does involve challenging conversations frequently. You know, we're talking about a lot of money. We're talking about people who are going through a hard moment in their life. How would you handle, or or how have you handled challenging conversations in the past? How do you prepare? How do you carry yourself through them? Uh, do you do you maybe avoid them longer than you should? Tell me a story. You'll get the most amazing insights into who someone is, how they show up, what what that all looks like through this process. Okay, so where are we so far? We're, we've done step one and two. We've done the way call. That's the screening call. Twenty minutes maybe 30, okay? Work, education, interests, goals, and ha- and habits. We've gone into the, the personality assessment. This is a bit of a chunkier one. Usually these are gonna be 45 minutes long, maybe 60 minutes long. This is where we're getting to know how their, their personality shows up at home and in the workplace, okay? This often will eliminate people, but it does not need to eliminate people. If you think that someone can push through the discomfort, that's okay. Remember that uh, here's the thing with a personality assessment. All it's really showing you is what gives you energy and what takes energy. People will have, you know, most of these tests are going to have between four and 10 markers. Most of them have four. Okay. The the classic one is the desk. If you're just looking for a basic tried test and true, it's one of my favorites, go grab a desk, read it, and you'll understand it pretty straightforward. But Everyone can exist in different behavioral settings. The thing is that some people are going to be really uncomfortable with certain types of behavior and other people are going to be, they're just going to love that. So for me, I always give the example, like if you told me I had to like go organize all the books in a library because they were like, they fell off the shelf. I could do that. I'm smart enough that if someone showed me the codes, I'd put them back where they belong. It would suck the life out of me. And if you wanted to put me on stage in front of 5,000 people and have me explain something to them, I would walk off the stage with more energy than I started. There's a lot of people out there who are the exact opposite. So it's just about figuring out if they're going to thrive in the role. If they and you both feel like they're going to thrive in the role and you really believe that they're the right person to move forward, then we're going to take them to the next step. And the next step is the career story and thought process interview. I'm gonna ask them some questions about how they think through certain situations and how they manage themselves. And then I'm also gonna get them to give me a rundown on their career, okay? I start with the career. And remember that this step, step three, is the chunkiest of the three steps in the interview process. The career story usually takes about 30 to 40 minutes and the thought process interview can take another 30 to 40 minutes. So this can be an hour to an hour and a half. Career story is really simple. I like to do it either on a two-column spreadsheet or a two or three-column spreadsheet or a big sheet of paper. My preference, if I'm in person with someone, ideally, if you're hiring someone who's going to work locally, like physically with you, because that's not as common anymore. It's kind of a funny time. But anyways, if you're going to hire someone who's going to be working physically with you, then I want to get them into a physical space. I want to see how they conduct themselves. I, I want to give them like, uh, not in a weird way, but like the sniff test, you know, like shake their hand, see how they sit. I want to see, you, you can only tell so much from a talking head on Zoom, right? So I'm I'm going to sit down with them. And my career story interview is a big sheet of paper with a line straight down the middle. And I'm going to be asking them to give me uh, a story of their their professional career And I'm going to ask them to tell me what what happened. So I'm going to say, well, what was what was your first professional step outside of the last time that you were in education? Okay, and then I'm going to ask them questions about what they learned, what their challenges were, uh, how how old or when it was and what they earned. And what I want to see is that they're making more and more money. I want to see that they're taking on bigger and bigger challenges. I want to see how they're growing. I want to see how they're overcoming stuff. I want to see that this person's like a fighter. Okay. And I'm going to go through everything. I'm going to go through everything. You learn so much about a person from their career, right? Again, I'm not looking for the complacent type. I want people who want to challenge themselves. I want them, I want them to come aboard and challenge me, right? So I'm going to be looking for someone who's like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And the other thing that I'm going to be looking for is, is the opportunity I have the next logical step on the ladder, Okay. I want someone who hasn't done it yet, but is close. Okay, your your best hires, and we talked about this on a previous episode, your best hire is someone who's like growing talent, someone who has done the thing before, but hasn't done this yet. So it's just like the next natural notch up. I don't want someone who's jumping two steps to this role. I want someone who's just right there. It's gonna be a challenge, but everything makes sense that this person should be able to knock it out of the park. OK, so I'm, I'm going to ask them to walk me through their career. I'm, I'm going to look at their, their money trajectory. I'm going to look at where they've been and, and what they're doing. I want to look at how fast they've grown. And then once I've got that, I'm going to ask them a few questions um, that I've got uh, probably 20 or 30 questions I love. But usually I'm going to use only between 7 and 10 or 12, somewhere in there. OK, uh, and, and this is kind of them storytelling me about certain situations that they found themselves in, so I, I love to ask about something that they're really proud of in their career, uh, what they did, like what the accomplishment was, how how they were involved, what they contributed, what they learned, how they overcame um, a challenge. So I'll have another question that, like, give me the opposite, like give me give me a challenge, like something that was not going well, and you got through it. Maybe maybe you fixed it in the end. Maybe you did it. Walk me through that. What what did that look like? What did you what did you learn? What, what were the challenges? What went well? What went badly? Who else was involved? What was your role? Um, and then I'm going to ask them some questions about, um, th- like their, their motivation and challenges. So I'm going to say like, Hey, let me ask you this. How do you handle a really challenging situation? If you had like a really, uh, a, a, something that you were stumped on, how, how would you, how would you figure out how to fix it? I'm, I'm going to ask them about goals. Tell me about your goals. What, what, what are your goals in this role? in life? Like, what do you want to see come out of this? Okay. I'm going to ask them about motivation and things that they don't like doing. Because here's the deal. Every single job has something you got to do, where you're not going to enjoy that part, but it gets you the other part. I shouldn't say every single job. There's, there's a ton of jobs out there that might not have this, but usually you need to earn your way into those roles, right? If you're and and you did the same thing. If you're listening to this, and you own a real estate business, like, chances are you did a whole bunch of stuff that, yeah, wasn't really what you felt like doing every single morning, but it got you to the point that you could hire someone else to do that. Like maybe administrative stuff. So I'm going to ask them straight and say like, Hey, how do you motivate yourself to do something you really don't like doing, but you got to get it done. And then how do you set How how do you hold yourself accountable to it? I talked about goals a minute ago. Like, what are your goals in this role? What do you want to see? I also like to ask people, well, tell me, like you've got some goals for this how do you set those goals? How do you, like, how did you go through a process of setting goals for yourself? And then how do you watch and make sure that you're on track with your goals along the way? Okay. It's a big one. That, that interview is going to be, again, probably more than an hour long. Okay. There's a lot of people who will split those steps up. I find that if I'm trying to like move someone through uh, the process, a lot of the time I don't want, to have an extra interview because I'm gonna have to wait a couple of days and I just wanna continue moving. Um, and, and the next step is references. This is where we've kind of passed the decision point that we wanna be in business with this person. Okay, if, if we get through this interview and we're like, you're the best, I wanna hang out with you all the time, we're gonna move mountains together, I'm excited. Then we're moving on to references. And here's the deal references are a, a part of this, it's one, one of the most common parts to skip. And boy, have I ever had some doozies with references. Don't skip this. <laughs> Don't skip this. Okay. A couple things surrounding the legalities with references. So you're doing an, an interview process with someone and you want to do references, figure out, what, figure out what's legal where you're at, if you're going to do references, because the way that references are conducted is scrutinized. There's employment law in every part of the world, just about And it's up to you to do this correctly. For example, in many places, it's illegal to provide a bad reference for someone. All you can do is decline giving a reference. That's an important fact, okay? So if someone who you are asking for references declines giving you references on a person, read between the lines. That is a run for the hills moment, okay? Um, Sometimes people just do it and they'll, they'll say, hey, you know, you're a buddy, don't I'll deny this if anyone ever tells. Uh, if anyone ever asks me that we had this conversation, run for the hills! Don't do it. Okay, this person did X, Y, Z, or you you should know blank about this this guy. Uh, other times, you'll find a a glaring hole in their story. I had one candidate I was interviewing who was kind of like this smooth talking type. where I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it was for an internal sales call. I, I he was not someone I would have put in front of a client, but he was he was smooth. So I was like, maybe I could get him going on the phones. Like and we kind of had this weird feeling about him. And and what we did was we did some reference calls. And he hadn't thought it through too well. There was an employment gap in his history and we called his reference who he'd given us a, a certain name for. And when the person called back, they gave us the name of the reference he provided, but their their call display had the same last name as the candidate. I, we're pretty sure this guy was in jail for seven years and then applied to our team. And like, honestly, like people have lives and, and change and I I wouldn't necessarily completely eliminate a candidate if they'd have a, had a troubled past at some point. I think, you know, prison time is probably just because we're dealing like with significant financial burdens in real estate, I, that's probably one that I would need to really get my head around. I don't think I'd go for it, but you know um lying is something that i can't get my head around and like fabricating work experience and having a fake person give reference like oh my goodness buddy like that's crazy and then another thing when it comes to legality surrounding references is that in some areas you are allowed to ask for a reference from a reference and this is one of the best ways to to kind of really get to know what the situation is with someone so if i'm if i'm talking to someone and it's legal I'm going to ask them, hey, you know, you provided me with a lot of insight. Who else do you know that I could speak to that's also worked closely with, with my candidate that I could, I could ask a little bit more of? Okay. And this is really neat because you'll talk to people who they didn't prime for you. So when I'm, when I'm doing references, really what I'm doing is I'm asking the person how to win with the candidate. So I'm going to say like, hey, you know, you worked with them. How long? Where? What was your role? What was your interaction like? You know, I want to make this a, a great opportunity for them to grow their career. And I'd like to ask you, like, where do you see them really, really showing up? Like, where was the place that you're like, if I was going in that morning and I was going to be working with blank and the job was blank, I I was an, I was excited because I knew we were going to get some, some stuff done. I know it was going to be a good day. I knew that person was going to have my back. Same thing if I'm talking to their superior, right? So if I'm talking to their superior and say like, hey, you know, wh- where did you see them really thrive? How did you lead them? How did you motivate them? How do you hold them accountable? Where, and then I'm going to ask the inverse. I'm going to ask it from a coaching perspective. So I'm going to say, hey, you know, we all know that there's going to be challenges along the way. Let me ask you, what were your experiences when Candidate was in a challenging situation? Like, what, how did they respond? How did you coach them? How did you find the, your best way to lead them? Um, like, what did that look like? Like, where were you most successful? When you have these conversations, it just sets you up so nicely to, to lead the person. And it's a really nice call because if the, the people that you're speaking to are saying good things and they're you know, giving well wishes, you'll learn a lot about how to support the candidate and you'll also just get that reinforcement that you're making the right decision. Okay, last step. So now at this point, like we screen them, we know their personality styles of fit. We understand their career story and their thought process and like how they, how they organize themselves. We've done references. We've decided we want to hire this person. There's one more step and and that's setting expectations and motivation. Okay. I'm, I'm going to start with motivation. And really what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, Hey, you know, most people are motivated by a number of different things. And my goal is that I can build this role and our work together in such a way that it, it that you're motivated like crazy. I'd love to know what motivates you. And for most people, I know that money is a motivator. M- most of us need some money to keep, you know, we need some fuel in our tank. We've got to keep moving, okay? So I know that money is one. And I know that another one that a lot of people are motivated towards is time and energy, like the amount of time and energy that they're devoting to their role. Like those two things are going to be something that need, we need to balance correctly to make sure that this works with you. And I know that usually that's not it. I'd love to know what else is important to you. Like what other things are significant motivators to you? And, and you know, here's the thing. This is like the classic lesson that every, every agent learns early in their career, where we, we like to walk into a listing situation, assuming that someone wants to get the most amount of money in the least amount of time. And 90% of people, that's, that's the deal, right? That's not the deal for 100% of people, though. There's still that 10% that they're like, no, I don't care about the money. I want this to, to be as smooth and simple as possible for my ailing partner. Or, um, or, or you know, I don't want to do the extra work so the money isn't an issue. Or I'm not in a rush. So I'd actually be okay with seeing if we could get more money and I could care less about time. This farm is going to take years to sell. I know it. So let's just get it on the market and start the process. All right? So money... And time slash energy is part of the balance. But what are the other things? And, and you're going to find some really neat stuff. From there, what you're going to do is you're going to set expectations. And this is one of the conversations that people miss. And then a month or two months or three months in, they're like, oh, man, I'm really having problems with this person. I'm like, well, did you have a conversation about your expectations and like how to communicate together and, and stuff like that? Like, have you told them what they're supposed to do, basically? And they don't, and they, like, they haven't, and then they, they don't do it afterwards. And it's just so much easier to have this kind of conversation up front. So what, what are we talking about setting expectations? Like, what does that look like? Well, first of all, I'm going to sit down and say, cool, I want to I understand how I can best work with you. And the first thing I want to ask you is, how do I win with you? Like, what does that look like? And usually people are going to say, you know, XYZ, pay on time. Um, you know, help me understand how to do the job, stuff like that. You'll, you'll, you'll learn a little bit about them. And they'll still say, okay, well, that's great. And if I'm doing that, then I'd like you to also know how you win with me. And this is where you get to clearly say the things that are going to make them continue to be the rock star you believe they are in your mind. Okay. For me, for example, do what you say you're going to do. You say you're going to be here at 8 a.m., be here at 8 a.m. You say that you're going to do your prospecting blocks, do your prospecting blocks. You say that this week is the week, I'm gonna get that, that whatever, make it happen, okay? Now, I don't mind if, the, if people miss on the outcomes, like if you're putting in the work and I, I see that happening, but you're not getting the business just yet, I know that I can work with you on that. Like if you're coachable, I'll, I'll help you through that. But when people say that they're gonna do the work and they don't do the work, and then we work on a plan to help them do it the next week and they don't do it the next week, then I just think you're lazy or, or you're not, or this isn't actually a priority to you. Okay. And I don't want to work with people that are lazy or, or I'm, or this isn't a priority. I can't want it more for you than you want it for yourself. Sorry. So, so I, I need to see you showing up and then I'm going to ask the same question, but in reverse going to say, okay, well, cool. How do I lose with you? And it could be trust. It could be, um, communicating in a belligerent or uh, abusive or unpleasant manner, you're going to learn. So find out and then tell them, Hey, here's how you lose with me. For me, there's a couple of things that drive me crazy. Like it, not doing what you said you were going to do. That, that's a big one. Uh, late people who are consistently late. Uh, uh, procrastination tends to really bother me because I tend to show up very organized and I, I want to work with people who have that as a priority as well. Cause I'm going to be pushing really hard to make this work. OK, so we're we're going to go back and forth and share. OK, I'm going to say, hey, you know, chances are at some point we're going to have to have a, a real conversation, like a challenging one at some point. OK, what I'd love to know is in the event that we're having a tough conversation one day, how do you want me to approach it with you? OK, usually they're going to say, hey, I, I want it to be in private and, and I'd like you to, you know, make sure that you have some solutions on how, how we can fix the problem. Don't just come and, and you know put me down. Let's let's bring construction, like constructive criticism, to the table. You're like, okay, great. Here's how I want you to handle a challenging situation with me. I want you to to talk to me about it early. I don't want you to wait until it's festered. So to don't nothing under the surface with me. I'd really like you to just be open with me out the gate. I can take it. Trust me. Okay. Um, I want you to be direct. So don't don't hint. I want you to tell me. Okay. And then um, and then I'd like you to do it in private. I'd like you to pull me aside and say, hey, this isn't working for me. I don't like wank. Okay? That's what I want. Okay? And then I'm going to follow that up by saying, like, hey, on a scale of 1 to 10, how direct do you want me to be with you? Do you want me to be just, like, straight to it? Or do you want me to kind of, you know, help you to the conversation? Here's the thing. Usually people are going to give a higher rating than, um, how do I describe this? Usually people's rating is a little higher than what they actually want. So they'll say like, oh, I want it to be a 10 out of 10. You're like, okay, cool. What does that look like to you? And then they describe what they'd want. And in your head, you're like, that was a six and a half for me. So make sure that you get them to explain what that will look like because the 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 risk here is that you're gonna slam them. Okay. So get them to help you understand what their rating looks like. And then again, we're going to just turn it around. What does that look like to me? Here's what it looks like. Okay. And then to finish the expectations call, we're going back to that job sheet. Remember at the beginning of all this, we set 30, 60, 90 day goals. It's in the rollover view, all that stuff's in there. And then we're going to open that up. We're going to say, Hey, here's what we're doing starting, you know, as soon as possible in the next 90 days. When do you want to start? Because when we start is when the ticker starts on all this stuff and I need to see all of these things happening or else we're not going to continue past day 30 or day 60 or day 90 whenever we start to, to not see things showing up. So I need to know that you're ready to commit. You're going to show up at a 10 out of 10. What, when do you want to start? You're going to go through all their goals. You're going to remind them all of it. Then you're going to go through the contract and you just hired someone. Congratulations. Okay. So it's, it's big. There's a lot to it. Again, this is a key hire. This is someone who's going to determine your, 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 the future of your business. And a lot of the time, people are like, Sean, th- this is a lot. And I want to hire a lot of people. And I'll just say this you're going to get way further with three good hires than 10 people who you slammed into your team. Trust me on this. The goal is not to build a lumbering giant pile. Of crap. The goal is not to slam bodies onto your team and say, I've got 28 agents on my team. Who cares if they're not selling houses? All they're doing is, is devouring your resources. The goal is to build a ninja squad. I want this tight and right little group of people who show up at it on 11 out of 10, and we're just having fun and making tons of money together. That's the goal. Okay. And by doing this, by, by filtering it down to only the best. You're gonna get that. Okay. And 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 here's the thing: if you start letting B and C players on your bench, the A's are gonna leave before they even start because they're gonna see the team. They're gonna be like, what are you kidding me? I just went through like eight hours of interviews and I'm sitting next to, to this person. uh uh-uh, This is this is not what I expected. I'm out of here. Okay. So keep it, keep it as tight as you can and just put the best people on. You'll get way more done. And on my team, I had something like, 12 buyers, agents, and I think at one point I had about 15 virtual assistants and I was spending the majority of the money that was coming in and we cleaned ourselves up and we made more money, like we grossed more and we multiplied our net percent revenue by five times by cleaning house. Our team, when, it, when we did that, was went down to like me, my business partner, and two or three agents, and two admins. And we were just cranking. It was amazing. Go build that business, you're gonna have more fun, trust me, okay, and get the right people to do it. I I hope that you go through this whole process, because it's it's an amazing opportunity for you to get the right people, but also to grow as a leader to really learn to start understanding people. And what's going to happen is you and that person are going to have this connection by the time that you're done, because you spent time together, you got to know each other. And, and they're gonna wanna show up and work hard for you because you showed them how important they are to you as well, okay? So take this stuff and go do it, folks. I appreciate you listening. I'm looking forward to next week's episode. And as always, thanks for your time.